Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Welcome everyone to the podcast. How are you doing? Hey guys. We're happy to be here with you. Another topic that we felt is pressing. By the way, how do we pick our topics, Angie? We talk about what we are talking about normally just in our our marriage and with our kids and our family um, and looking into the word for guidance and direction. Um, Obviously what we've been talking about a lot in the podcast and in our family is very relevant to today's uncertain times and the things that are just changing on a regular basis. seems like every month there's a, a responsibility of parents to figure out a new way to handle something. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that feel that way sometimes? So we're trying to, we're welcoming you in our journey and we're also giving you uh, our thoughts based on our experience, biblical understanding and awareness of what's happening in the world. Um, So today we're talking about family health in uncertain times, preventative vaccinations and COVID. And so uh, although we won't go deep into vaccinations, we'll touch on it, but you're going to get some practical wisdom from Mm -hmm. mostly, I would say, Angie today, although I'll pipe up here and there, because she really has studied, been studious for the last 21 years of our marriage, having eight kids and really being focused on preventative medicine while fully believing in doctors and medicine, of course. Yeah. I mean, we've tried to always have a very, well, in our opinion, right? We've tried to have a balanced perspective. We have um, family that is even in the medical profession, right? Absolutely. And we love and appreciate them and- And, and I've seeked guidance before. Oh, for sure. I mean, if it wasn't for the diagnosis from close family, we wouldn't have necessarily found that mixed benign tumor that I had. Yeah you know, 15 years ago and, um, pressed to have it extracted and biopsied and all the things, um, which is a totally different story. But my point is, is that there is a time and a place for seeking Western medicine help. Um, but over the years, I've definitely been on a journey of learning. Now I was not raised with alternative medicine in any way, shape or form. It was very, um, unfamiliar to me other than I remember grandma Vi, my great grandma. She was great. She was all about, you know, I mean, she lived through the great depression. She was born in 1914. Tough lady. She was a tough cookie. So she canned, she had her own garden, of course, took her cod liver oil and apple cider vinegar every day, made us kids take it when we were at her house. Um, and so there were some things like that, obviously like supplements, vitamin C, vitamin D, all those things getting outside in the sun and her, she had these opinions like, well, you can take vitamin D, but it's not to replace playing outside. You're a child. Go outside. Yeah, you know? And yeah. so um, it's funny how those little things impacted my parenting. Yeah. And over the years, as I've just had common conversations with other young moms, moms that were my generation, they didn't have the blessing of having someone mm-hmm. that had those strong convictions 
and was trying to live an independent life and was a believer. And so I really look back on my time. Um, I mean, cause grandma Vi helped raise us. She took care of us every summer. Right. Yeah. So, so we'll jump in in a second, but why don't you give us a brief overview of the agenda? Okay. So as Isaac and I were talking about, you know, just encouraging moms, the first thing that comes to my mind that we're going to dive into is the importance of really embracing your role as the wife and the mom, mm-hmm. understanding that your jurisdiction is a gatekeeper of the home, but it's also another terminology that's used in scripture is that this is your your home manager, mm-hmm. right? You're the maker of the home, keeper of the home. And so um, I know that a lot of women understand that that's part of their jurisdiction and a lot of women get overwhelmed by what that entails because you know there are so many different things that can fall under that jurisdiction from cooking cleaning taking care of kids cleaning the home um, hospitality there's so many aspects of that and for every marriage and family it can look slightly different too but one thing that i think gets overlooked which is why we're talking about this today is the importance of really being intentional and learning about preventative health and how to have a healthy home as much as is possible. Yeah. Right. And that's part of our jurisdiction. So that's kind of where the inspiration for today's podcast came from. We'll talk about some really practical things within the agenda. We're also going to talk about the importance of how to find the right kind of doctors. Um, and I think that um, that's a good conversation. Oh, we've had some crucial people in our lives that we really have, have. A special set of skills, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about um, being an independent learner. We've talked about this before in the past regarding um, just encouraging your kids to be critical thinkers and independent thinkers. But as moms, obviously, we can't teach our kids to be that if we're not being that. And one of the funnest things, I'm just going to dive into this for a second. One of the funnest things for me as a mom has been being having a teachable heart, getting books, asking questions, being an independent learner of natural health and of just preventative health and what does it mean to have a healthy home. Um, and then teaching those things to my kids and then watching them, it becomes part of their daily life or their lifestyle, Lord willing, they'll take it on to their families too. So it's generational and legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to talk about some specific things you can do to have a healthy home. And you thought it would be a good idea for us to just kind of reminisce about how we handled COVID. Yeah. Our whole family had COVID and while we're never going to say, Angie knows how to treat COVID actually. Nobody nope. can say that. <laughs> Nobody can say that. <laughs> um, but there are things she did that massively helped our family. And we yeah. all had unique, different um, symptoms. Symptoms. Yeah. So we'll go into that. Yeah. And it's so important as we go into this agenda. It's so important today because we are in increasingly uncertain times, as you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, there may come a point where you're not even allowed to go oh. to the hospital unless you've been vaccinated with the COVID vaccine. You may have differing opinions on that than us, but for our family, we're not going to take that. And right. so um, so you need to be equipped more than ever. Like well, we can't just yeah. delegate everything. More is on the shoulders of parents. And in some ways, that's a beautiful thing. 
Yeah, we it's have a hard to rise thing. to the occasion and become more skillful. I mean, if we think about our ancestors, our forefathers, even just a few generations ago, they were much more educated in how to live off the land, for example, and how to be self-sufficient versus being dependent upon other people. And that is actually something that the Bible advocates for as much as is possible to not be in debt to anyone. Yeah. Right? And so um, it also talks about it's worse for an unbeliever than for a man to, you know, to not be providing for his family. Yeah. And so there this this aspect of providing for your family and from my perspective as a gatekeeper and looking through Proverbs 31 is that this is just one other part of the jurisdiction. And I'll be honest Isaac, right now there are a lot of people we've been talking about in the podcast the last few episodes about uncertain times. We've encouraged people to even pre- be prepared because we could have another massive shutdown, mm-hmm. right? It's looking likely that that could happen. Well, many places that already is the case. Right, exactly. Around the world and the United States. Yeah. And so, and there was a lot of things going on just even with Thanksgiving in specific states. And we talked about that in previous podcasts. But one thing that really hit me hard is that while people may be preparing and getting food, toilet paper, um, they might be getting extra gasoline, a generator. I know family members who have bought generators, right? These are all good things, but are people actually being educated themselves and being prepared to take care of their family's health at home. Because you said something that's very important. And this is, I'll just share part of our recent conversation. You guys know I'm pregnant and I have Mm -hmm. had three hemorrhages in the past. And so it's been difficult for me to find a midwife that would be willing to take me for like a home birth situation. So I've had my last couple babies at the hospital. Um, And this is something we're praying about. I would invite you to pray with us. We can always use prayer. Um, But we were just talking like, what if the regulations come June in the hospitals are that we have to be vaccinated to even have a baby at the hospital? And like, what do we do from then on? This is just something that we recently, it was a conversation we had literally like the day before yesterday. You got to plan ahead. You got to talk together. Yeah. And so so I'm bringing this up to you guys because the reality is, Even if you are independent in your family, as far as like knowing how to treat things as naturally as possible, maybe you make your own elderberry syrup, maybe make your own herbal tinctures, right? Um, Maybe you use all the things. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, if, if someone is chopping wood for fire and there's an accident with an ax and you need to go to the hospital or somebody needs a massive surgery, like they have a heart attack or something... What are you going to do? This is just a conversation that I think is so crucial that we need to have with our husbands. We need to know our convictions. And you guys, one of the reasons why we're going to talk a little bit about um, alternative health is that a lot of people today have different perspectives Mm -hmm. on essential oils, herbs, homopathy, um, different forms of healing practices. Yeah. Um, and a lot of Christians, especially are kind of, especially if it's unfamiliar to them, they'll oftentimes be like, oh no, I'm not going to do that. Cause that's Eastern world religious mm. like practices or whatever. But the reality is, is that as believers, we need to cling to what the word of God says. Amen. And I just want to share something that is in Romans 14. I know a lot of you have been reading Romans 12 through 14. Yeah. 13 in particular, probably. <laughs> right. Um, but Romans 14 is one of my favorite chapters just regarding how to have grace with other believers in regards to things that are not eternal. Okay. And so Jesus is using food that is sacrificed to idols as his example for not creating, um, 
division among people. Thanks, hon. And I think that it's really important that we recognize what the Lord has said here himself. In verse 14 of chapter 14, it says, And I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. And then it talks about if your brother is grieved because of your food, mm. you're no longer living in love. And, you know, this is the whole chapter that talks about not tempting your brother to sin, but at the same time, like understanding that things are amoral, okay? Things mm. like a, a flower is an amoral thing. It's not good. It's not bad. Um, some people would say, oh, no, it's good, right? God created in Genesis. You look at what God said, and he used the word good after he created the plants. He said yeah. they are good. Another, and so, another controversial thing that's amoral is money. Right. And the so the love, love of, of money, money is the root of all evil. <laughs> yes. Not money. Yes, exactly. Money is a resource that can be used for all kinds of good. Yes. And so we need to understand that something by itself is not unclean, which is what Romans 14 is saying. And if we remember what Jesus, when it comes to the things that God himself made. Now, did God make um, a, a meal of pad thai? Well, no, your hands made it, but with the tools to which God created for the yeah. food, right? And you could say that about any specific thing. Same thing goes for an herbal tincture, yeah. right? You used the herbs to create that herbal tincture. And so you use things that God made. And so I just wanted to put that out there because this is a sensitive topic among many women. I get a lot of questions from people asking me about what my biblical perspective is on these different things. And my flat out answer is it's actually our responsibility to use the tools God has given us, recognizing that they're neither, they're, they're not evil, but they can be used for good or evil. And it's our responsibility to use them Let's good. not idolize health. Let's not right. worship the tools. Let's use tools that God gave us. Hey, we're going to yeah. start in just a second. But first of all, thank you so much for being part of the One Million Legacies movement. So incredible. All you sharing out there, social media, sharing, um, you know, the parenting program and the homeschooling blueprint for parents, uh, equipping them for that. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, uh, pregnancy and birth, uh, course and Great. all the things, right. Yep. So we're so thankful for that. Uh, it is how we provide for our family and, uh, God is blessing the ministry. We're approaching 1 million downloads, uh, for the podcast. So thanks for being on this journey with us. Mm -hmm. I do want to mention a free resource just because it connects to the topic today. So whenever that happens, it's a nice thing to do mm -hmm. is Angie did an, she has this incredible resource, a free workshop with her, uh, talking about healthy home hacks, herbs, oils, Supplements, supplements, nutritional supplements, plants, yeah. I think. So uh -huh. yep, we really, really good stuff. Very balanced view on all those things that yeah. actually, and she shows examples of things she uses in her home and so forth. So right. the link to that will be at CourageousParenting.com under this podcast, hit podcast and under this episode, and you can hit that and go uh, sign up for it. That sounds good. Yeah. So a lot of people have a lot of questions. Um, and one of the things I didn't want to get too in depth on the topic of a biblical perspective on alternative medicine, although I do in that workshop. So if that is a conversation that you're just like, oh, Angie, you just brushed the top. I want yeah. more. I really would encourage you to go to that workshop because I do dive more into it, share more scripture on that. Okay. So maybe what would be a good idea for us to talk about next would be um, preventative health, because I, I do good. think that this is 
potentially one of the most important things as far as preparing mm-hmm. goes. Okay. Um, and, and I also would say this is a lifelong thing that I believe every homemaker or keeper of the home should take on as their jurisdiction. So yeah, when it comes to having things on hand, I make sure that I have our most frequently used homopathic remedies. I make sure that I have our most frequently used nutritional supplements, whether that's certain vitamins, or um, herbal tinctures mm-hmm. or um, like things like cod liver oil, apple cider vinegar, elderberry syrup. Those are extra things on top of vitamins, right? Um, I also make sure that I have things like astralagus, echinacea. Um, again, I go over a more in-depth view in the workshop. In fact, you get a 45-page workbook with that workshop yeah. as well where all of these things are listed out. So if you're like scrambling to take notes, there's no need for that. Go watch the workshop, get the free um Actually, it might be a 25-page workbook. Yeah. Um, And so anyway, I just wanted to encourage you with that. But we should be – there is a chance. Remember what happened during the shelter-in-place back last spring. Mm -hmm. Tylenol went out of stock. Vitamin C was nowhere to be found. Vitamin C was nowhere to be found. Why do you think that is? Okay. We need to make sure that when we're thinking about stocking up or being prepared for our family, that we're also thinking about preventative health so that we can stay healthy and be as independent from the medical profession as much as possible so that people who really are sick can get the health help that they need too. And I just wanted to add to husbands listening, or you want to share this with your husband is that in our early years of marriage, I would say it was a little immature in this area, meaning it's never been a strength of mine. It's been Angie's strength. But in the very beginning, I would say I wasn't encouraging enough of her strength in this area. And I was kind of ambivalent about taking things and preventing. And she would have to kind of shove them down my throat. And, Not really, and, and but that, I would say, did you take them? Did yeah, you take them? Yeah, yeah. Did you take them? <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I would say that I've shifted um, and realized have seen the massive benefit of, mm-hmm. of this and increasingly so mm-hmm. all, as I get older. So I think it's so important that we're encouraging our wives mm-hmm. to, to be this. And you know, what's interesting, preventative health. I think of proactive health right. is preventative health. We talk about proactive thinking a lot, think ahead about what's happening, mm-hmm. leaving a legacy, doing things today that tomorrow requires. Well, this is proactive health, doing things today. So when pandemics, whatever, happens. Yeah. Your immune system is hopefully as strong as it possibly can be because you've been doing the things possible. Another aspect of being ready. So if I was to say being prepared, which is different than preventative health, but being prepared for things is making sure that you have all the ingredients to make bone broth. I mean, it's not just about medicine, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's about a healthy home. Do you have a humidifier? Do you have maybe a couple of those? Do you have an air filter? Do you have household plants? Um, Do you use essential oils and diffusers? Um, Cross ventilation, you guys, that is the oldest trick in the book for cleaning out the rooms and what's going on in your home and airing them out. Now, I get that when it's really cold and it's wintertime, especially if you have someone that's sick, you don't want to open up the windows necessarily, right? And so it's these are actually, in my mind, these are essential tools that every mom should be utilizing every day. It's and the not herbs just... and the naturopath stuff, the little, right. little thing, white things you give us. Oh, that's the homopathic remedies. Homopathic yeah. remedies. Those, I mean, incredible. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, you guys, and the, another aspect of this is making sure that you, you have the right team. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
as a wife, as a mom, like I'm not a doctor. I'm not. I did not go to college for medicine at all. Does that mean that I can't be a learner though? Definitely not. I mean, we obviously need to always be growing and learning and stretching our capacity. But one of the best ways to learn is to have the right team of people that are advocates for you. Mm -hmm. And so finding like-minded doctors is an essential thing. And I get that it's even harder and harder as the government has put regulations on doctors. Some of the really good doctors that we've known have retired early because they did not want to adhere to what the government was impressing upon them. That's happening a lot, unfortunately. Um, And so it might be harder, but I would say that it is very like, look in your, ask for recommendations, first of all. Okay, so if you're looking for a naturopathic doctor, a functional medicine doctor, um, a holistic doctor, these are all three ping words that I look for when when we are in a new place. Um, We recently just got a new naturopathic doctor, Um, but it took research. It took asking for personal recommendations. Mm -hmm. It took interviewing people. Yes, and that did cost a little bit of money because you have to pay for a new patient appointment. You go and you interview them and you can tell right away if they are going to be like-minded or not. Obviously, if they're walking in fear and they're full on masks, um, then they don't really have very much confidence in their ability to actually be a doctor, in my opinion. What are some things you do in that first meeting, which they don't look at as an interview, but you're looking at as an interview. I ask them personal opinions and personal convictions. I flat out ask them if they're a Christian. Um, And a lot of doctors are shocked by that question. But if I'm a customer and that's an important thing to me, I should have no qualms about asking that. Right Mm -hmm. now, doctors legally can't ask us what we are, but they actually even have the question on all of your new patient appointment. They ask what your your heritage is, if you're, you know, if you're Caucasian or Asian, they, they ask these questions that are very personal. They even ask what your religious preference is. And so if they're going to ask you, you have every right to ask them as well. And so I always ask what their personal beliefs are. Um, I ask them what their personal convictions are regarding natural medicine. Um, this is especially an important question if you're not interviewing a naturopathic doctor. Obviously, if they're naturopathic, most adhere to the same convictions regarding natural health. Okay. Um, but the reality is, is there are still some that are very much on the liberal side of things or even new agey. And so this is an important question to ask because if you're going to be taking your kids, you do not want that doctor to be impressing upon their new age Mm -hmm. beliefs on you or your children, right? Um, And so finding like-minded doctors is just super, super important. I would say that those are my two most important questions. What are your personal um, religious beliefs? And then what are your medicinal convictions regarding natural health? And then during that visit, you can get a feel if they're pressing you towards things that don't make sense from right. what you know right. and what you understand, or if they're only pressing you towards yeah. you know, the medicine side of things. I would say too, another big sign for me is if the doctor is willing to invest the time in actually getting to know your medical history, mm-hmm. or if they just make assumptions and try diagnosing without actually getting enough information. So I'll give you one example. I took one of our kids in who was having some allergic reactions. We weren't sure if it was related to diet or allergens or both. We kind of had a feeling it was both. Um, we got, we had gone to visit multiple doctors, but it wasn't until we found this one specific naturopathic doctor that 
asked many diagnostic questions and kept asking questions. She wanted to hear the history of how we mm -hmm. had treated it, what the outcomes were. She wanted to know his entire history from his childhood about allergies. Um, she was she would ask questions like, what is your experience with homopathy? What is your experience with herbs? She wanted to know because it's easier to help someone on their journey of preventative health yeah. and um, in healing if you educate your patient versus making them dependent upon you. And so I would say that's the third most important thing in finding a doctor, that they don't want you to be dependent upon them, but they're willing to educate you, give you information, and they care about what knowledge you already have or if you're new at it and they're willing to walk alongside you. And mm -hmm. so that was a huge thing. One of my most favorite naturopathic doctors that we had for almost a decade when we lived in the Valley in Oregon, yeah. he walked beside us. He checked in on us. He even stopped by the house one time to drop off medicine. So, um, and I, I, I know that that's a very rare thing, but you guys, there are good people out there like that. And so I would say search and ask for personal recommendations. You know, what's interesting about that experience. I remember you were so studious. You didn't just go see the doctor, but while you were there, you're going to pay for that hour anyways. You asked lots of questions, mm -hmm. not for the purpose of just knowing, for the purpose of you implementing mm -hmm. without having him around right. at some point. Right. And so you learned so much. You got this basically a free education directly from a doctor yeah. by, you know, asking the questions mm -hmm. and harnessing that knowledge. And I think part of the reason why he did check up in on us was because I took such an interest in what he was most passionate about as well, which is something you got to understand. It's kind of like when you go to the haircut right? Yeah. You go to the salon, you, you recognize that most hairstylists see themselves as artists. And so you compliment them on that and they always do a better job. Hey guys, if you want a really good haircut, you need to empower the stylist, the person cutting your hair with what they care the most about. So you need to notice the good qualities. And uh, I usually ask them, oh, do you, what aspect of cutting hair do you like? And they say the creative aspect or something like that. Yeah. Or talking to people. There's mm -hmm. different based on mm -hmm. how they're wired. And then I just go, well, I, I don't really view you as uh, someone that's cutting hair. You're more of an artist. And then they always give you an amazing haircut. But do you see how he took interest in them versus that, like the haircut? the stylist asking the ton of questions and it being a counseling session for the person in the chair, yeah. which is what it often turns into. You can hear it all around the salon. Right. Um, but it's the same with doctors. That's the point is like taking interest in what they're interested in, asking them the questions. Why do they like being a doctor? Like hearing the core, helping them to remember what they're doing. Um, and then they become personally invested in you if you become personally invested in them and yeah. it becomes a different kind of relationship. So that's a really brief conversation about how we've kind of chosen doctors over the years. Um, and I cannot urge you enough. You have to have the right team. You just have to have the right team. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are 
being transformed by going through this. Uh, it's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. I think that it would be really awesome if we talked about our experience with COVID. Yeah. So Isaac mentioned that we had this in March. We believe our daughter had it in February when she was at school. Um, and she came home the same week Isaac was in Atlanta, Georgia, running a meeting. Uh, I was running a meeting on the business side of my life, uh, doing consulting. And I came, someone there uh, had it, got tested positive uh, at the hospital with 104 temperature and some severe conditions. He was there for a long time, and wanted, too. wanted to let me know. He's a little older than me. But um, immediately coming home, I felt it. I called Angie. I go, I think I probably have it. There's a couple people sick. And this is right when everything was breaking and the schools were starting to close in Atlanta. And uh, we decided to have me come home versus a, a hotel. But anyways, I gave it to everybody and we quarantined for six weeks because we don't want to give it to anybody. Yeah. Right? We want right. to be loving, loving to other people. To other yep. people. COVID's real. Um, and but during that time, we all had very different symptoms. And I think two or three of us never showed any symptoms. Actually, there was four kids out of 10 that never had any symptoms. I mean, if I count Kelsey when she was at home, she didn't have any symptoms, but we think that she had it in February. Um, and part of the reason why we believe that is because she's been at college this whole year and been around people who tested positive three times, been quarantined three times herself and Testing never three times. Yeah. So, so on anyway. that point, since we went there is we also did a six week RV trip after we quarantined ourselves and we were over it mm -hmm. and we didn't wear Months masks later. and nobody... Uh, we were around people and we didn't get sick. We haven't been sick since. We actually haven't even had a cold since March. Uh, praise the Lord. So, so but. it doesn't. So it, it appears, at least from our experience, with ten people, and that, having two little germ magnets, <laughs> that um, you do build Im immunities to this. Mm -hmm. And, but that's uh, our personal conviction based yeah. upon our personal experience. Um, there's no scientific evidence right. behind that, obviously. Um, but you guys, this is the thing. No one's really talking about natural immunity to this because it's uh, not about the virus as much as it is about compliance and uh, order that they're trying to implement in the United States right now um, and control. And so, you know, one thing that we are going to potentially be seeing here in a few weeks even is vaccinations coming out. Yeah. And this is a, this is a big topic because we're talking about health. Okay. We're not going to dive into all the things regarding vaccinations, but 
we do believe that it's an important conversation that you and your husband have together. You Decide need to, to have a conviction and you need to stick to that conviction. Um, and the truth is it may become difficult to stick to that conviction, right? I mean, there could be, um, you know, a point where it becomes difficult to go grocery shopping if you don't have a vaccination, yeah. right? What already, other things could well, be? Airlines are already started. Qantas already said you're going to have to have a vaccination proof of that before you get on the plane. Um, Ticketmaster, uh, that's just the beginning of things. There's actually apps already out there. I've read that uh, can be used to verify your health by in a retail Using setting. like a QR code or something. Well, right? they can scan it. They, they can prove it. It comes from a reputable uh, thing that shows you got the vaccination and things like that. So these things uh, are reality. So we have to be thinking, talking about that. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're listening. You're like, I have no problem. I'm excited to get the vaccination. Hey, wherever your conviction lies, uh, we respect that. Um, as I would hope you'd respect our conviction. I mean, I will, I will say, I'm not going to hold back on this particular topic. I was, um, just looking at, I, I get that, that a lot of people are not sure if the vaccination could be the mark of the beast. I'm just going to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to read a little portion of revelations 13 for you, and you can see how closely this relates or not. You make your own decision. Okay. So revelations 13 verse 16. I mean, obviously I want you to read way before that, read the whole chapter, but it says he causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark. This is talking about the beast. Okay. Um, which is why it's important to go back and read. He causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads and that no one may buy or sell except to one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. He is number 666. Um, and so the thing that I found most interesting about this passage of scripture is the um, control over someone can buy or sell something. Yeah, And that is the one aspect that just made me go, wow, there is something going on. I'm not 100% sure if this is the mark of the beast. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's important to understand scripture and to see what the reality of what is going on today. Um, well, and there's already technology. The Gates Foundation, Bill Gates is partnered with a different company, health company that mm -hmm. has already accomplished um, creating a chip that's small enough to go through a needle uh, to be used in vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's been trying to be part of the whole solution globally of this and other things. So, um, so that already exists. We don't know if it's in what's coming out from Pfizer and other companies in a few weeks or not, but, uh, there's also talk about there's nanobots that, um, that can be in the, uh, vaccine vaccine too, that, um, may adjust your DNA and things like that. We don't know. Like, I'm not saying that's factual. These are things that you need to research. Need We're to just research. bringing them up because the reality is, is some people are just so not aware of what's going on because they don't know what's true and what's not true. And so it's important that we are doing due diligence and we're getting educated and we're not just letting someone do something to us. But there right? is something called luciferous, right? Right. Which is a protein. Um, it's a bioluminescent protein. You guys can Google that and get your Interesting information name, on Interesting name, luciferous. Look yeah, up. it says Lucifer and then A-S-E. So spell Lucifer and then A-S-E on the end. You can look into that. Um, and so there's there's a lot regarding the vaccination that's coming out 
But the thing that is most concerning to me is the control that is going to potentially yeah. be happening based upon if you comply or not. And um, the forcefulness of what could potentially happen if you don't comply. Yeah. Okay. And so um, we're bringing it up because the reality is where is one of the places that most people end up having to go to at some point in their life, a hospital mm-hmm. or a doctor. Yeah. Right. And so that's why it's important to become as educated as you can and how to treat symptoms and how to be as healthy as possible. And then to be investing in those things. Like you guys, I've been buying houseplants since we moved because it's one way to clean your air. If you want more information on the science behind that, go listen again to the healthy mom home hacks workshop. Um, but I, I cannot urge you enough that these are serious things that we, we as women, I, I view this as my jurisdiction. Isaac is doing research on other things that we need to have in place and in store to be prepared for our family of 10. Um, I take on the food and the med- medicinal and all that kind That's of stuff. That's the way our family works and it works great. And we compliment each other. We encourage each other's strengths. That's uh, super important. important. And by the way, we're not saying, we're not discouraging anybody from going to see a doctor. You absolutely should mm-hmm. see a doctor when you feel you need to see a doctor. Yeah. That is never what we're saying. Right. What we're saying is, hey, let's try and maintain health and treat things early and preventatively mm-hmm. so that you don't have to see a yeah. doctor as often. Right. So I'll just share a little brief history of what happened during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, when Isaac came home, he had a fever right away. And within probably 48 hours, I also was down with a fever. Um, our youngest kids were actually the most asymptomatic, mm-hmm. um, which praise God, cause it would have been super hard for me to take care of them and, and myself and Isaac. And then it took a few days to hit the teenagers. Um, and it didn't hit them all. And so, yes, there was some, about four of us that were asymptomatic out of 10. And I'm thankful for that. Then there were those, the rest of us all had fevers. I would say 75% of us, because I think I was the only one that didn't have a sty in my eye. And this was before they were saying that was one of the original first symptoms. Um, and so I treated the sty using hot compresses, using rice milk, which is something that Isaac's Mm. grandmother from Venezuela taught me to boil down rice and to use that Mm. water. And so I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this stuff with you guys because this is, that was one thing that we treated Kelsey's um, pink eye with when she was like a six week old baby. We were visiting family and they taught us how to do that. There are natural home remedies that you can do you guys that are nutritional. And then um, people lost the sense of smell. And then like a few days later, they came out saying this is one of the symptoms. Right, right. We were kind of getting things as they were learning. And And this was also during a time when everyone was saying, if you have symptoms, stay at home. Don't even go to the doctor. We tried calling the doctor's office. They wouldn't see us. They did did teleconferencing. We had some good teleconferencing with doctors. Video conferencing. validated that we had it. Yep. Um, so they, I mean, obviously they tried to help as much as possible, but they literally couldn't help. They didn't even know how to treat it themselves. So that left me in a position of needing to do research, getting out my prescription for natural healing book, getting out other resources, resources, which I share again, all of those resources are in the workbook, in the workshop. So, and it's what we know now about COVID happened to us, which is it, it attacks any of the body's weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And so I had a kidney stone a year ago, and that was one of the spots that it attacked me. Right. It felt like I had that same kidney stone again, even though I didn't. 
It was extremely painful. And this was after you had the heavy chest, had all the, stuff, yeah. the fever, the sty, all of those Total things. fatigue for five weeks. Yeah. I mean, he was just like lethargic. It was super difficult. Um, but treating the kid, like I had to look at each symptom separately, go to my medicine books and then give him the supplements. So he was taking all kinds of things from astralagus and of course, garlic. We were all taking garlic supplements every single day. Um, you need to have that in bulk. Um, all the vitamins, B, C, D, A, like all yeah. the things, you know. Um, but then using essential oils was a huge, huge aspect. Oh, that was aspect. huge on my kidney area. And so like I made a hot compress with Ravenstara, thyme, oregano, and we Boom. did a hot compress. Took we did it away. three times. It's amazing. Within, I think we did it three times in one day and then you didn't have the pain anymore. Never came back. Um, and so sometimes that does work. I'm not saying that that cures the kid- kidney stuff. I'm just saying that what we used helped Isaac in that time. Um, but you guys see, this is the thing. Like everybody, like Isaac was saying, will have different kinds of symptoms potentially. I had vertigo which was crazy. It was the first time ever having vertigo. It was really scary for me. The room was spinning in three different directions. I didn't know what to do. Every time I tried to lay down, I thought I was going to vomit, um, had a massive fever. And so I just asked Isaac to Google homopathy and essential oils for vertigo because I didn't know. No one in our family had ever had it. I'm good at Googling. And so he literally, that's how easy this is, you guys. He Googled it and he said, oh, put a drop of ginger behind your earlobe and a drop of peppermint on your thumb and press it to the roof of your mouth. And I'm like desperate, you guys. So I tried it and it helped. It worked. And so I'm not saying it's going to work for you. I'm saying it worked for me. And I'm so thankful for these tools, right? Um, but using raw honey and, and and drinking tons of tea, they were saying drink lots of tea, but that's a practice that we normally do when yeah. we have a cold. Um, hydrotherapy is another really ancient form of helping get your fevers down and opening up your airways. We did that on a daily basis with everyone. Now, Megan so, had the serious... Uh, she had it the worst. She had and walking she's super pneumonia healthy, so and pleurisy. She was fourteen at the time, I believe. No, 15? no, no. She was fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. And yeah, she, and she had the this the scarred up uh, lungs. Um, you know that's what COVID does is it attacks the lungs mm-hmm. and it it really injures them. So even after COVID, you still have recovery right. with the lungs. And, and she, it took she, a long time for her to recover. That, and it was like hard, really struggled to breathe, and uh, mm-hmm. the serious stuff. And we, I mean, we tried to get her into the doctors. The doctors literally had no help for her. We had her on zinc, um, which we all take just as a supplement anyway. And we were hearing Um, that was helpful. Yep. And she was on uh, high doses of vitamin C um, because I had them in bulk. They were not available, but I had them in bulk. You're ready. Praise the Lord. So this is why I'm saying, you guys, like, yes, we need to be praying and asking God to bless our efforts. And it's in his will if he heals us or not. Amen. It's up to him. But he has given us wisdom. He has given us tools. And if we just sit around and do nothing... That's not honoring what he's given us. And it's so important to clear the air, right? So what were you doing to make sure the air was constantly clean? Well, and I mean, that's one of the huge conversations that I talk about in the actual workshop. I think it's a 20-minute talk. So I'm not going to dig into it completely. But three things was I had a lot of house plants because they clean the air. We did cross-ventilation. And then we diffused thieves. We diffused lemongrass. We diffused all the purification, aroma ease, really purifying, um, cleaning oils um, in the air in hopes that it would help 
the disease from spreading. Do you think it's so, important to explain what diffuse means? Yeah. So you put um, essential oils into what's called a diffuser. It's an actual d- tool. Um, and you put it in with some, some distilled water and you turn it on and it turns the oils into an aromatic um, diffuse. It diffuses into the air. So people are breathing so, in healthy air versus the air, sick air from right. people yes. being sick and all yes. that stuff. Um, and so I, I do believe that there is an element that, you know, when, when we're trying to stay healthy, we need to look at all aspects of our body, what we can take internally, but also what we can apply topically, um, being clean, obviously having Epsom salt foot soaks are really a big deal um, because the Epsom salt can help detox your body. So there's so many things like, again, taking elderberry. Um, there's, there's a lot of different things out there. And I know that there's been a conspiracy or I don't know if it's been a conspiracy or not, but there was for a long time, people were saying don't take elderberry because it Mm. makes COVID worse. And I didn't want to make it worse. And so we refrained from taking it, but we've then since been on it nonstop because, you know, that's just always been a part of our regimen. And so you can also add certain vitality essential oils to your elderberry and take them internally. Anything else on how we treated COVID? And then after that, it would be great. I'm sure since you just mentioned it, people want to know what your regimen is. Well, okay. So one of the things that I was really concerned about that we kept um, was I was concerned that if I got sick, I would not be able to take care of my family and that they wouldn't necessarily know what to take if they started getting symptoms. And so we had a family meeting where I gave brief instructions and I actually typed out what our daily, what we need to be taking daily to stay healthy. And then if you start getting these symptoms, this is what you take. If you get these symptoms, this is what you take. She taped it to the Cover yeah. door. Yeah. So it was in the um, medicine cupboard and every day the family would go to the cupboard and they would get out what they were supposed to be taking and they would take that medicine, whether it was one to three times a day. And what percentage of that stuff was natural? All of it. None of it was chemical based or chemical you know, none of it was like medicine. It was all nutritional supplements, vitamins, herbal tinctures, tonics, um, stuff that had honey and apple cider vinegar in it. Um, elderberry. I mean, it was, it was all the things to stay healthy that we normally take. So if somebody wants to see that, is that possible? Um, maybe <laughs> I could probably share it on my courageous mom. Or maybe they just need to do the workshop and make their own list. Yeah. Possibly. Their family and their own wisdom. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, not, none of it. I mean, it's like vitamin C, vitamin D, vit, you know, oregano leaf, olive oil, <laughs> olive essentials. And, mm-hmm. um, garlic, different things like that, that are part of our daily regimen. But, you know, with little kids too, it's like different. So I actually had like a section that was for kids that are little because Mm -hmm. we had, Eli was 18 months at the time. So we obviously can't take the same vitamins that Solomon's taking that the other kids are taking. And so everybody kind of knew what the youngers needed if I got sick and see, this is why it was such a crucial thing was because it actually helped us to equip our kids and for them to understand the importance of being healthy and taking care of themselves. So um, this really became an educational thing for the whole family. Um, and, you know, I feel empowered. I felt yeah. really encouraged because treating symptom to symptom while Megan was still struggling with her lungs, we were doing hot compresses for that. We did hydrotherapy. We did Epsom salt baths. We had the humidifier going. We had the diffusers going. We were doing the raindrop technique on her back with oil. She's she taking all the supplements, bone broth, 
you know, staying hydrated, drinking lots and lots of tea and water. Um, we, we did all the things and she was still struggling. And so we did take her to the doctor and that's kind of been our approaches. Do all the things that we can do. And then if you need help, you go to the doctors. Right. And then going to the doctors, we told them all we were doing and they're like, I don't know what else to tell you. That's what you're doing all the right. You're doing all the right stuff. Just keep doing it. And we're like, Okay. And so, um, I, I just think that walking away from this experience, I went, you know what, there's going to be more pandemics. The Bible even says epidemics, plural, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. one, many, okay. Mm -hmm. Are going to happen in end times. Um, and so we need to be aware of that and understanding it's our responsibility as the gatekeepers, keepers of the home that we need to become educated and we need to take on the responsibility because it is our jurisdiction. That's so cool. Anything else on COVID or should we move on? No, I think that that was probably pretty good. I mean, yeah. And again, what we were sharing is not necessarily like, this isn't how you treat or cure. We're not claiming any of that. I'm just sharing with you guys what our experience was because I get asked that a lot. A lot of people remember that we had it because we shared in the podcast that we were walking through that. And honestly, I worked a ton. I was up till 2 a.m. reading different medical books. And so it's kind of redeeming for me to say, hey, you guys can handle this. You can take care of this, but you got to put in the time. You got to get educated. You need to have the right resources. What would you say to the mom out there that's just feeling incredibly overwhelmed after listening to this? Um, well, I would say, uh, you know, I've been there before I've been in situations where you feel helpless, like you're not getting answers from the doctors, but you, you love your child enough or your husband that you want to find the answers. And so I would say, do the work before you're sick and try to research, like, how do you handle ear infections naturally? Like, you don't have to go get antibiotics. I mean, our family hasn't used antibiotics since I had one child that was chronically having ear infections till they were three years old. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Then now they're getting yeast infections. Their gut's totally messed up trying to heal that with acidophilus. And so antibiotics created that. Well, yeah, they had like chronic bladder and yeast Mm. infections from the antibiotics. So as soon as we started fixing their gut flora, it, that, helped tremendously but learning how to treat ear infections at the first sign of them using garlic mullein using essential oils on the outside of around the ear putting it on a cotton swab and just holding you know tea tree and lemon and you know being really careful the thing that people need to understand is that all of these things were given to us as tools but we don't just like use them without caution we have to we have to totally be cautious with how we're using these tools and get educated first. but angie uh, a lot of moms are already feeling overwhelmed so how yeah. do you add this dr mom uh natural dr mom mm-hmm. how do you add this to your title and fully embrace it like at a new level well first of all i don't think that you want to compare like i'm i am sharing just off of my this is just off the cuff, right? Like Mm. what we've done over the years and what we've experienced recently. Um, and if you're a mom, that's been like, maybe you just had your first baby a year ago and you were not raised with anything natural and you're listening going, Oh my goodness, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Right. I'm just figuring out how to cook. Yeah. I was that mom. Yep. And so if I can do it, you can do it. 
Like I did not know how to cook. I did not know how to be a mom. I made so many mistakes with our first kids as far as just being a mom of littles, trying to figure out structure and all the things. Um, but do not compare to other people. Instead, look at other people as resources to learn from. Um, I'm sharing as a Titus II older woman that's been down this road longer. And so for me, it's easy for me to just share what we've done. But 20 years ago, I didn't know any of this stuff. And just remember, someone once said, how you spend your days is how you spend your life. And so if, mm-hmm. if, each, if, if you spend your days striving and learning and growing, yeah. In five years of spending your days well, just adding a little bit of this to your days, yeah, then you're going to have knowledge. Mm-hmm. There's a there's something called experience and wisdom that mm-hmm. can only happen over time, but you yeah. have to start. And you have to search. You have to get. It's not just about reading books. Um, I definitely would say, yeah, you can use Google sometimes, but don't believe everything that you read online either. I mean, obviously, we know this, especially today. Um, but I would say that's why it's so important to have the right people on your team. A lot of what I know, I know today and was encouraged in and empowered and equipped by because I had the right people on my team. I had the right mentors in my life when I was a young mom that were in real life, people who taught me how to can, people who taught me how to garden, people who inspired me with their own green thumb. And then I started growing my own herbs, making my own teas, you know, and so having that knowledge and then going into the doctor, a naturopathic doctor, and them teaching me something new, which was homopathy. I had no idea what homopathy was. I had no idea what herbal tinctures were. And you guys, these are not things that are so, that are impossible for you. Because if I can understand them, you can understand them. It's just a matter of having the right teachers, the right team around you. One thing, uh, you might've heard me say this before, but I've always told Angie, we've, we've been with much, we've been with not enough, but God makes it happen anyways. Uh, and all in between financially, but I've always told her food and books, let's invest in those things. Mm -hmm. Even when things are tough, Let's always invest in good food. And I count all these things in the food category. All right. the natural medicines, it all comes from food. It comes it's from consumables. herbs. Consumables. Consumables, yeah. 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 So, um, so I think that's super important from a financial mm-hmm. perspective mm-hmm. is that we need to invest proactively in the health. Because even if you have health insurance, what's your deductible? You know, you're still going to, you're going to pay it one way or another. We right. might as well not pay the 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 pain side of it because we prevent yeah. a lot of it yeah that's true and i would say even like pregnancy and postpartum like right now that i mentioned our concern as far as like are they going to require vaccinations to be seen by a doctor to go and have a baby at a hospital or at a birthing center um postpartum what if you get mastitis and you don't know how to treat it at home and you're like literally desperate for medical help and you're so desperate that you just say, oh, okay, I'll get a vaccination so I can get help. You guys, I'm, I'm bringing this stuff up not to scare you, but to get you to think and to prepare ahead of time. One easy tool that we created was a postpartum course. And I'm not, I'm not trying to sell you. I'm just being really honest right now. A lot of women are not educated on the most common postpartum discomforts, things that are going to potentially prevent um, postpartum depression, things that are going to help people with mastitis, healing from, um, having a baby vaginally, things that are going to actually help you. I'm talking about the natural remedies, the things that have been passed down from midwives to midwives, from grandmas to daughters. And these like that, 
that course comes with a 45 page workbook where a lot of it is literally lists of things that you should be taking from sunflower lecithin to help you with your breast milk to moringa to help increase your milk supply to what essential oils you can be diffusing to help you prevent postpartum depression to even tools like using a haka to help with milk supply, right? Like there are so many um, tools that you can use to learn so that you're not having or forced to have to go get medical help where they're just going to say, oh, take an antibiotic. Instead, you can use cabbage leaves that are blanched at home and your homopathic remedies of phytolacodicandra. Yeah, that, so, was, that was a huge project. I think it was six hours of teaching on video and the workbook. It's like and- 16 videos of teaching on different Maybe, topics. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a huge project and we've, we, we've kept it at a, at a pretty low amount compared to the value. I mean, the reality is, is that there's, as a mom, you go through these seasons, right? You're pregnant, you're postpartum, you're nursing, you have children, your kids get common colds. There are more severe issues. Then there's viruses. We, as this is part of our jurisdiction is all we're saying. And there is help out there for you. We've tried to help as much as we can while at the same time, I'm still taking care of my brood, right? So what are some final thoughts uh, for people? Well, I would encourage you guys that um, all of the tools that we've been, you know, referencing are just tools given to us by God. Mm -hmm. And it's our responsibility to use them for good. Um, And, I would encourage moms to really first have a good conversation with their husband about the importance of preparing your home to be ready to handle colds, everything from the common cold to injuries, to fevers, to viruses, to illnesses and diseases as much as is possible um, in regards to proactive preventative health, having the right team in place, Mm. and also you know, having some things to be able to treat symptoms when they do hit you at home. Um, I, I remember at one point when we were dealing with COVID, just saying to Isaac, you know, this is the first time in my life I've actually been thankful that we had H1N1 and that we had those harsh colds 10, 12, 13 years ago, because it taught me, right. And I was thankful in that moment that I dealt with a kid who had had croup chronically for six years because it Mm -hmm. helped prepare me on how to treat throat, chest, congestion, colds. And I just, I know a lot of moms who went through the same thing, but they didn't learn how to treat it naturally. And so they're in the same place that they are, you know, 20 years later because they didn't choose to grow through it. Yeah. So I guess my encouragement is choose to grow through this. This is something that we can redeem. This is something that can become a legacy that we pass down to our kids. It can be something you never know. Maybe one of your kids wants to be ends up becoming a doctor or an herbalist or or something like that, just because of how fun it is to learn how to create these different tinctures. Well, thanks for joining us, and please share this uh, if you're on iTunes. Give mm-hmm. us uh, five star; that'd be amazing. Helps the algorithms yeah. get it out there, and we always read every comment. They're so mm-hmm. encouraging and spur us on. So, thanks for joining yeah. us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. 
Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.